me just say welcome. It is good to have you. Thank you so much. Uh, for being with us today. Guys, we're in the middle of this series called Identity, and I'm really excited about this because last week I kind of laid the groundwork. We talked about this and talked about where God had kind of brought us to all the way back in January when we first opened the church back up uh, in January after the holidays um, and we opened up in-person services. God had been doing something on our, our leadership's hearts for a really long time, and so we just kind of released kind of that information and kind of let you know to pray for us as we continue to, to, to you know, uh, help guide the church in the way that we God is calling us to go. And so uh, in this particular series, we're kind of reimagining what it, what it sounded like, what it looked like, and, and the things that we said back in January, and just kind of refocusing and letting you guys know exactly where we are as a church and as leadership and as we move forward. And so in this series, we're talking about the mission that God has called us to here at this church. We're talking about what God has called us to do. He's called us to design. He specifically designed this task for this church. Now, all churches are supposed to do the same thing. We're all supposed to go out and make disciples. That's what Jesus told us to do right before he ascended back into heaven. So that is our call for each of us that, that call ourselves a church uh, that, that worships and follows Jesus Christ. That is our, our job. We're all supposed to do that. Now, how we do that. How we specifically disciple people and reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ is different across each different congregation. So what, um, what, I, want to, what I want to do today is just kind of talk about that. God has called us to 90% of the people in Floyd County don't attend church. We all heard this statistic back eight years ago before this church was planted. And that particular statistic changed, radically changed our mindset about what we we're supposed to do as the body of Christ here in Floyd County. And so that's about 31,500 people in Floyd County that likely don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. That's a big deal, guys. That is a huge deal. How do we plan to lead the people in Floyd County? How do we, how do we plan to lead the people in our region or all around the world into transforming relationships through Jesus Christ? How do we plan to do this. We exist at this church so that more people experience transforming relationships through Jesus Christ. Like that is what God has called us to do. And last week I laid the groundwork for that to kind of share that with you. Of course, that's not new news to you guys. Those of you that have been with us since uh, January, you know that this is what God has called us to. And I'm super excited about that, uh, that God has called us to exist so that more people can experience transforming relationships through Jesus Christ. That is who we are, folks. Back in the fall of 2020, and I, I kind of shared this last week, back in the fall of 2020, our leadership came together to pray about and discuss how we could better reach the 90% in Floyd County. Of course, 2020 was a crazy year for all of us, and so lots of things happened, and we started refocusing and reimagining, are we doing this? We've been established for about eight years. We've been doing this thing uh, in this location for about five years now. And so we started asking the question, are we making a dent in the 90%? 31,500 31, people that likely don't know Jesus Christ as their Savior. Through a lot of prayer, through a lot of conversations with each other, God led us to evaluate the way that the 90% see us, right? So God led us to evaluate the way that they see us on social media, what, what are they seeing when they see this body of, of believers? What are they seeing? God led us to evaluate that. 
God led us to evaluate our website so that we, we know that when, when folks that are out there that are searching for Christ and wondering what it looks like to be a part of this group of people, what is our messaging to the community? What do people in the community see when they see this church and this body of believers? He led us to consider changing our name of the church. He led us to consider changing different things about who we are, our identity in the community, because we want our identity. Hear, hear me. When I, this is my heart. We want our identity in this community to be, come, you're welcome. Everyone's welcome. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you've done. I don't care if you have alcohol in your breath right now or you have drugs in your veins right now. You are welcome with this group of people in this location. That's my heart. All are welcome. And in this time, our leadership came together and they said, they started praying, our hearts proclaimed, tear it all down, God. Tear it all down and transform us into a people that care about nothing more than sharing your love with this community that you've called us to. Nothing is more important than that. And so from that desperate plea to God are some of the changes that you guys have seen over the past nine months or so. And I want to share some more with you today. One of the ways that God has called us to reach the 90% is how we behave. It's how we behave. And this is so prevalent in today's society and in this area. Our behavior is based upon what we value. You believe me? Our behavior is based upon the things that we value. Very important to hear that. Let me explain. Every family is just a little bit different. Okay, Every family is just a little bit different. I came from a huge family. Lots and lots of people in my family. I have 16 first cousins on my mom's side, and I have 26 first cousins on my dad's side. Okay, It's a big family. We do things big in our family. When we come together, we have big meals, and we have, we have big gatherings. Um, we have a lot of fun together. If I had to label my family, if I had to say what we value in my family, I would say that we value God and we value food. Amen? Can I hear an Amen. That, and that's how we behave. So when we come together, we eat all the time. That's all we do is we eat. Right, Kathy? That's what we do. In contrast, my wife's family is much smaller than mine. As a matter of fact, my wife only has one sibling. It's a sister. On both sides of her family, she only has 10 first cousins. Okay? And so it's neither better or nor, nor, nor worse. It's just different, right? So we have big families. We have small families. We have different sized families. Every family is a little bit different than the next. And some of you come from large families. Some of you come from small families. Some of you come from sports families, right? Yesterday, I was so excited. I, I see some of our sports guys here and, and soccer players. Yesterday, they had a, a big tournament down in Prestonsburg on the soccer field, football slash soccer field. Lots of cool things going on there. Some of you come from sports families where you're all about sports. Whenever you come together, you're always talking about sports in some form or fashion, right? Whether it's football, it's baseball, it's soccer, it's cheerleading, it's whatever it is, you come from a sports family. And so Every time that you come together, there's probably a football game on or a, or a soccer game on or, or a baseball or a basketball game. That's just, that's just kind of your family. That's what you value in your family. 
You don't have time uh, for all these other things because that's what you want your family to be about. The topic of conversation is usually about something to do with sports. Some of you come from, from families that really value academia above everything else, right? And so when you get together, you're always talking about, uh, you're always talking about your ACT score. How can I get my ACT score higher? Or you're talking about, you know, what school am I going to attend whenever I go to college? You're talking about some book that you're reading or something like that. Like, that's your family that's what you value. Some of you guys come from gearhead families. Like you know how to break down a motor in about 30 minutes and you can put it back together. As a matter of fact, some of you probably have some random car in your garage right now that you've been working on for months, maybe even years, right? If you come from a gearhead family, that's what you think about and that's what you guys do. But here's the thing. Within each family, there are unique values that lead to behaviors which lead us to our idea of success, right? Values lead us to behavior, which lead us to success. That's what we're talking about. What are our values? In this church, we're no different. We value certain things that lead us to behaviors that we believe will ultimately lead us to our idea of what a successful church or congregation actually is. What is a successful congregation to us? It's a congregation that exists so that more people experience transforming relationships through Jesus Christ. When we are living that out, we are being successful. So, values that lead us to behaviors that lead us to our idea of success. For us to create environments where more people experience transforming relationships through Jesus Christ, there are certain values that lead to behaviors that we expect. These are just things that we expect. Over the next two weeks, we're going to outline five values. If you've been a part of this church for any, any time at all, you've probably heard me talking about most of these values. But we're going to revisit each one of them. If you call this church your home, right? If you call this group of people your home, if you're part of this family, guys, this is how we roll. This is just what we do, right? This is just what we do in order to be the church that God has called us to. So we're going to jump right in. The first thing is this. If you call this church your home, you love differently. We are a community or a family of people who love all through our words, our actions, and our attitudes. We love differently. Those are what, that's absolutely one of our core values. We love Differently, And the reason that we love differently is because we know that if we truly love people differently than the world loves them, we're going to reach them for Christ. We know that. We want everyone that walks through the doors of this building and, or watches a service online to know that they are accepted and they're expected. It doesn't matter who you are. Doesn't matter your social status. Doesn't matter how much money you have in the bank right now. Doesn't matter what school you went to. Doesn't matter, none of those things matter. When you walk through those doors, you are welcome and you are expected. Doesn't matter. Nothing else matters. But it's much more, it's much more than just our words. Like, we don't want it to just be words that we say out loud. We will show love through our actions. That's our desire. We want to show people that we love them differently than the world loves them through our actions. You know what Paul says about this? Paul says this. This is like this is one of those scriptures to me that's like Paul's like dropping the mic. He's like, guys, don't just pretend to love others. Don't just pretend to love others. 
Really love them. Don't pretend to. Just do it. Hate what's wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Oh my goodness, if we could just do this. Like if we could just stop at this value and just love differently and do what Paul says to not just allow it to be words that come out of our mouths, but our actions actually connect with our words. Man, if we could do that. If we could just love differently. Can you imagine the impact that we would make on this community? Guys, we are in a community and in a nation and in a, a, a time where... Man, we are so divided. We are so divided. Everybody's for something else. And if you're not for whatever I'm for, then you're wrong. And we can't be friends. Like that's the world that we live in today. That's the community that we live in today. But in this church, as a part of this group of people, hear me when I say this. If you call this place your home, we don't just say that we love others. We show them that we love them by genuine affection and by honoring them. We do this by being kind. Man, this world needs more people that are kind. We do this by being friendly. We do this by being encouraging and joyful and intentional. We do this by serving outside of the walls of this building. We do this by investing in people's lives. Guys, we are a part. We are a part of the answer to the, to the hurts of this world. We're a part of the answer to the hurts of this world today. We need to show it. We need to love people intentionally. We love differently than the world loves. Of course, we pray for people like it's important absolutely daily. We should be going to our knees or, or standing before the Lord and crying out someone's name in prayer. Absolutely. But guys, we don't just stop there. It's both and. We pray for people, and then if we have it in our ability in that time, in that moment, we do something about it. If we have the ability to help them, we be the hands and feet of Jesus to do something about it. Listen, when it comes, uh, when someone visits our church for the very first time, when someone visits this building for the very first time, statistics show that they make a judgment about our church in the first seven minutes, and they decide whether or not they're going to come back for the second time or not. In the first seven minutes, statistics show people judge us and decide whether or not they're going to come back for the, first, for the second time. What would happen if someone pulls into our parking lot and the person that kind of was at the front door just had a sour look on their face? They just looked like they'd ate a lemon. Like, what's going to happen? We've messed that one up, haven't we, Josh? Just messed that one up, right? And so we care about people. When you walk through the doors, we want you to see people. Doesn't matter if it's your first time or, or you're a regular here at this church. We want you to see people with smiles on their faces. That's why we put a coffee bar over there. We want you to smell coffee. We, this morning, there was one of the biggest things that happened this morning is that we didn't have the whipped cream out. We need you to have whipped cream when you come in because the whipped cream makes you happy. <laughs> Take it. Eat it. I promise it's good. Okay? That was so big this morning. We needed you to have that whipped cream. And so we care about you. We want you to have a good experience here. Not for the sake of just so you'll come back, but for the sake that you will, it'll change your day. It'll put a smile on your face because guess what? If we're good to you, you're going to be good to that next person that you see at Billy Ray's in the afternoon. You're going to be good to that person that you see at Walmart today. And ultimately, it shows the community that we are different here at this church. We love people differently. We will always go above and beyond to make everyone feel accepted 
expected, and welcome. And it doesn't end at the doors, folks. It doesn't end at the doors. If you call this church your home, you love differently at Walmart. You love differently at Billy Ray's in the afternoon or at El Azul or wherever it is that you're going to go for lunch today. You love differently, wherever, wherever it may be. My prayer is, my heart, my heart is that, that people will know where you go to church by the way that you treat them. That's my heart. And you know what? One of the worst days of the week to work, if you're a server in any one of these restaurants, you know what they tell us one of the worst days to work is? Sundays. Sundays. I, please don't ever hear me, let me hear you berating some waitress or waiter on a Sunday afternoon. Don't tell them you go to church at, at this church. Please don't. Tell them you go somewhere else. I'm serious. It's not a joke. Because we're supposed to love differently. Maybe the waitress has 15 other people that they're waiting on right now. Just because they didn't get you your drink in, in, in three seconds doesn't mean that you have the, the right to just start arguing and complaining. Like, think about that for a moment. Think about that. Here's the, here's the way this plays out. And here's, check this out. Colossians chapter 3 verse 12 says, Since God chose you to be the holy people He loves... Let's make it personal. Since God chose you to be the holy people that he loves, you must clothe yourself with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And man, I love this next part. Check this out. He says, make allowances for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Can we just stop there and go home? Like, can we just stop there? Like, how much more do you need to hear today? Make allowances for each other's faults. Forgive everyone that offends you. And then he goes on. He just puts the big stamp of approval on here. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, he says, clothe yourself with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. Again, it doesn't matter who you are doesn't matter what you've done or your social status. We're a community of people who love all through our work, our actions, and our attitudes. And you are welcome here. You know why we love people differently? Because there are 31,500 people in Floyd County that likely don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And we believe that if we love differently, then we can help more of those people experience transforming relationships through Jesus Christ. Simple as that. That's number one. Number two... We grow. That's our second value. Values influence behavior. So we grow. We believe in growing in our relationship with Christ. So that means that we're a community of people that are committed to growing individually and collectively. If you call this church your home, you take responsibility for your own faith journey. We're going to pour into you. We're going to give you opportunities. But at the end of the day, you can't say, well, they didn't teach me. Well, they didn't do this or well, they didn't do that. You take responsibility for your own faith journey. That means that you have an active relationship, an intentional relationship with the Lord. You pick this thing up that's called the Bible and you open it up or you pull your phone out, you get your Bible app out and you actually read it. You actually do things in it to get to know the Lord better. It means that you have an active prayer life or you're working on an active prayer life. You participate in different opportunities that the church offers in regards to groups and, and book studies. It's not just about coming on Sunday mornings to consume. 
and sing songs and, and listen to sermons. But we have an active role to play in growing our relationship with God. And one of those ways is by actually doing things. James 1.22 says, don't just listen to the word of God. Actually do what it says. Don't just be hearers of the word. Be doers of the word. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. Not only hearers, but doers. We take steps to grow our faith at this church. We get involved in doing things at this church that draw us closer to God, first of all, and to each other, second of all. We're all about that vertical relationship with us and the Father. But we're also about those horizontal relationships as well. The writer of, of, of Proverbs proclaims that iron sharpens iron. So a friend sharpens a friend. If you call this church your home, then you're taking what you, are, what you know, what you're learning, and you're pouring it into someone else. Maybe for some of you, that's your kids. Maybe for some of you, that's a friend. Maybe for some of you, that's somebody else in the church. I love the way that Paul puts it to Timothy. Paul says this in uh, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2. You have heard these teachings. You have heard these things. You have heard me teach these things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. So you've heard me teach these things. Now teach these truths to other trustworthy people who will be able to pass them on to others. So whatever you know, you've heard it. You've heard me teach it. Now take everything that you know and pass it on to someone else. Don't just keep it all for yourself. Actually pass it on to someone else. What you've learned from me, you must pass on to someone else. This is our discipleship strategy. It's very simple. It's biblical. It's very easy. Just take the information. You don't have to be a biblical scholar. You never have to be a biblical scholar. You, can't, you don't have to be able to recite all of the books of the Bible in order every week. You don't have to do that. Simply take what you know and share it with someone else. It's not hard. I promise. Disciples make disciples. Another way that we grow together is by serving. When we planted this church, we decided that one of our mantras would be, it's not about me. I don't know if you guys know this about me or not, but I love Southern gospel music. I love quartet music. I love, I'd love to, to be a part of a, a four-part four-part quartet sometime. Like that is seriously something that's really neat uh, inside of me. I really like it. Um, that's just not what, that's not the style that we do here at this church. And so, so we, we do what we do here at this church so we could reach people that are not currently being reached by the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so we decided a long time ago, it's not about me. It's not about me. It's not about my wants. It's not about my desires. It's not about the way that I want to do things. We, want, we don't just come to church to consume. We want to worship the Lord in service through the local church. We have so many opportunities to serve here at this church. Honestly, COVID year had a major impact on our serving teams. And I'm just going to be brutally honest with you guys this morning. We're not back to full capacity in our serving teams. We're just not. We have opportunities, opportunities, hear me when I say this, these are opportunities for you to grow in your relationship with God and in relationship with others. We have opportunities to serve in our kids team. We have opportunities for you to serve on our hospitality team. We have opportunities for you to serve in our first impressions team. You will grow in relationship with the Lord and with each other when you serve together. If you want to take a step at this church, come and serve with us. Come and talk to me about it after service today. I would love to get you more information on what it means and how to get connected in serving. Another way that we grow together is through groups. 
And this brings me into the second part of my message today. I'm going to invite the team up. But this, invite, this gets me to this next part of the message and where we're going to talk about groups for a moment. Because one of our number one discipleship strategies here at this church is by being a part of groups together. You learn so much when you're in community with each other through groups. And so I've invited a few folks up here. And uh, Michael Ellis, who, who uh, oversees all of our groups, is going to kind of take over at this point and, and talk to us a little bit about what it means to be in a group at this church. Michael? Well, good morning. That was loud. I always tell you, hold the mic close to your face, but then sometimes, you know. Um, well, good morning. Uh, my name is Michael, and I take care of our small groups here. Um, me and uh, the help of Beth, another one of our fearless leaders, are putting together our um, small groups for um, the fall semester, and I'm super excited about it. What I wanted to do today um, was to give a chance for others who have been involved in small groups in the past to talk about their experience um, which I think will be really cool to give you kind of an insight on um, what a group is and what we do. Um, because, you know, like Clayton just said, um, in James, like we're, we, we hear the word, but we're supposed to do it. And, you know, we hear that we're supposed to grow, but this is a way that we do it. Um, so I'm just going to ask a series of questions and let whoever wants to um, chime in and, and, and answer and um, just give you guys a, a feel for what it's like to be involved in that kind of a community. Um, so the first question is, um, to share a favorite memory from small groups or a favorite, um, a favorite thought, a favorite um, a feeling, something that you remember that why you got involved. Um, I'll share a quick one for myself first. A few years ago um, now, it was one of the very first um, small groups I was involved in in this church. Um, there was a couple, um, they're not, they've since moved away, um, but she was pregnant. And they got some news from the doctor that they knew that the baby wasn't going to make it after birth um, from some birth defects. And he shared that news with us. Uh, the father did over dinner at somewhere in town. We just got together one night um, outside of group at El Zul, and we ate. And so they, they shared with us what was going on. And um, after dinner that night, we prayed right on, in the parking lot at El Zul together. Um, it was wonderful. We all held hands and prayed, and everybody had a really good cry, and um, God was really present, and it just was proof of the kind of support that you really need in your life outside of the Sunday morning experience. Um, so that is one of my favorite moments that really show where God really showed up, um, but anybody else can feel welcome to answer. So. One of my favorite... Um memories of, of small groups I've been a part of. Um, we had a men's group <clears throat> and our goal in groups is to be half life and half truth. So when the groups get together, you share a life with one another and, and then, you know, kind of, kind of help each other out. And, but then you also talk about the sermon and things that you've been studying and things like that too. But sometimes you just kind of have to have fun. And so we had a men's group and one week we would, you know, build a campfire in my backyard, and we all just sat around the campfire all night and, and chit-chatted. And then one week we uh, went out to eat at the steakhouse and went to a movie. And so, um, yeah, it, it's it's half life, it's it's half truth, but you got to mix some fun in there with it. So, that's one of my best memories. 
I'm like Clayton, I came for the food. And uh, we've always had uh, many different small groups. Uh, we've been to Bag's house, we've been to Amy Lakin's, and then we had a small group at our house. And uh, at the time when we uh, started having small groups at our house, I decided we were going to call it the last generation small group because uh, it was, we always talked about next gen here and everything. And so I had a big poster ready for them and everything. And, and then at Christmas, uh, Georgina had got us all ornaments that she had made about the last generation uh, small group. So that was a great memory for me. Um, so when people think about small groups, if you've never been involved with one before, or maybe you have and there's some insecurities, um, a couple of thoughts people usually have is either, well, I get preached out on Sundays, and I don't need any more of that. Or um, maybe they feel like they're not spiritual enough to be in a small group. I know sometimes I felt like that when I've been in a group with people who I know the majority of them are much further along spiritually than I am. I kind of feel like intimidated. Like maybe this isn't for me since, you know, they seem a lot more, a lot more holy than me. Um, I was wondering if anybody had experience with that and wanted to speak, speak into that. Uh, so... Someone that might feel like they're not spiritual enough to be a part of a of a small group or a life group. Um, I've seen people come through who you know don't even really regularly attend church that that became a part of our uh, our life group that we had our small group and uh, and they just they came every Wednesday and they like looked forward to it like um, I don't really feel like that anybody's arrived at the level of I'm perfectly spiritual or like, you know, that I've completely arrived there. So we're all on this walk together and uh, being a part of a, of a small group is a, it's a beautiful thing because, you know, we come together and we eat dinner and we talk about, you know, how Clayton did up on stage the previous <laughs> week. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's a lot of fun, it really is. And, uh, you know, we all have different walks of life and I think that bringing those different personalities and different walks of life together into a small group, it builds a camaraderie that you, you, couldn't, you couldn't create it in a football team or in, a, in any other group. Uh, you know, it's really spiritual and it's unique, and I think it's just a, it's a tool that we can use to grow together to be more spiritual and to be closer to Jesus. And uh, I think that anybody could really enjoy a small group from just uh, just showing up, man. I mean, that's what it's all about. The devil will try to get in your head and tell you, like, oh, I don't want to go this week or something like that. But those are the times you really need to go even more. And uh, I've enjoyed every one that I've been in, but that's what I would say. Um, ooh, you all can hear me through this mask. Um, and I'm wearing this mask, Wade. My son is not vaccinated, and so um, just trying to protect him. Um, and also, let me first apologize to everyone who did not get whipping cream in their coffee this morning. That was me. I'm so sorry about that. I'll do better next time. But um, I just wanted to speak also about that. Life groups are so, um, they're, your, they're your, a, a source of encouragement. Um, sometimes God lays something on your heart, and you're, you're, or the Holy Spirit does, and you're trying to figure out, well, maybe I should do that or maybe I shouldn't. And one week I shared with um, our small group about this big guy because I love him. And when he was coming here, you remember when you had that hoodie? Yeah. Dude, you were scary. 
so, uh, so I, but I would see him walk through the door and the Holy Spirit would say, go talk to that young man. Okay, Lord, I'm, I'm not sure what I should say. And I shared that even with our, our small group one night. I'm like, you know, that, that dude that's walking in with the hoodie on and you can't really see his face, like, like the Lord is telling me to go talk to him. They're like, oh, yeah, man, you need to go talk to him. He's, he's awesome. Do you remember our first conversation? Right out there in front of the coffee bar. And um, I'm thankful for that because it was my small group that's, that, that was that source of encouragement and had me go talk to Josh. And we talked about rap music. And, man, this guy is so talented. And so if you've not listened to him, here's a plug. Plug? Yeah, you can check me out on YouTube. There you go. <laughs> All right. So um, opportunities, talents, and friendships. I love you, man. Yeah, I think I, um, thanks so much. I think um, one of the uh, – Josh made a good point about people that came. Uh, I was in the same group as him um, for a long time, and people that – um, wouldn't come to a Sunday morning service, but they would come to that. And that's, that's an, another great way to utilize your small group is um, if you've got a friend or if you've got a coworker, um, family member, or just somebody in your life that you've been trying to get to church for the longest time. Um, the word church, it just has so much baggage um, in it for a lot of people. And it's sad, but it's true. And, you know, when we say we're trying to reach the 90% in Floyd County, a lot of people have baggage from a previous church experience. But if you invite them to hang out with your friends, that's a much less intimidating place to be. And, you know, from that small group experience, you know, they may end up wanting to come to a service and get more involved in a spiritual community. And that's great. Um, a small group is a great place to start that. And um, so I really encourage you to, for that reason as well, to get, to get involved, to help other people get involved. You know, you're welcome to invite whoever you want to, um, to your group to get them involved. If it means that they meet Jesus, we don't care. That's awesome. And that's, that's, that's our goal, um, is to reach the people in this church and beyond. Um, and we're really excited about that. Um, and so I guess my last question is if anybody has a, um, a quick little plug about where you saw God move the most in your group, that'd be great. So anybody want to jump in on that? Something that really helped our group, uh, even during COVID and everything, we kept our phone chain up on text and everything we had. And when people needed something, they, they were able to get in contact with us and we were able to pray. Uh, it could be something as far as medical. Or it could be something as far as uh, something about their child or whatever. They felt comfortable enough to send us a text to ask us to pray. And that's the thing about small groups. You know, it's impossible to get to know everybody here on Sunday morning whether you're involved or not, if you're, if you're working in a team, you're usually busy on Sunday morning and you don't have time to really make those relationships. Or you've just been coming to church here and you just come in time to sit down and, and listen to the sermon and then you go home. But there's so much more to this than that. And um, it changed uh, lives here and it builds relationships. And I needed more than Sunday morning because, like Clayton said, Sunday morning's not about us. It's about trying to create an environment that others can come in and be transformed. And we want you to be able to share in that, that when you are part of Ridgepoint, that you have relationships with people here 
that make a difference in your life every day of the week, just not on Sunday morning. Just real quick, uh, Michael and Angelia were in our life group, and um, Michael was ordained. Was that last weekend? Last weekend. And I was convinced a couple years ago when they were in our life group, he was sharing scripture with us, and it became apparent at that point, to me anyway, that this was a man who truly had a relationship with the Lord and had insight into the scripture and was going to be used by God in a profound way um, as a minister, not just with his music, but of God's word. And so that's been a beautiful thing to watch. And I know a lot of people say that they don't have time for life group, but I'm going to hand the mic off to the person that has logged in almost as much time as the Burchetts on the soccer um, tour. So true, so true. So we were busy running uh, everywhere with Michaela and soccer, and she would have practice almost every day, and then she would have games two to three times a week, and every weekend we were jetting off somewhere to watch her play soccer. So we were quite busy with soccer, and I really didn't think we had time for life groups. And uh, probably a commitment issue. I probably didn't want to commit to something I couldn't continue to do every week. So we just tried it and loved it. Um, I would, instead of going home on Wednesdays, I would come straight to church, so excited for life groups. Got to know everybody in my group on a more personal level and realized that they're just as busy as me. And um, it was great community, it was great um, food, uh, was amazing. Um, ever, if you ever get try getting um, a group, try to get into Brian Aker's group. They are phenomenal <laughs> cooks. But don't be afraid of commitment. Come when you can come, and I guarantee you will do everything you can to get there the next time because you will enjoy it, and it will fill a hole or a void in your life, I promise. Yeah, thank you guys. Um, so in your chairs, um, if you were here last week, you saw these as well. There is a uh, card um, for uh, groups and to sign up. Uh, I really encourage you, if you've already filled it out, don't worry about it. Um, but we, if you haven't filled it out, fill it out tonight, or tonight, today. Um, fill it out today. Put it in the offering box on the way out. Um, your group um, leader will contact you, and they're going to tell you how excited they are to hang out with you. Um, and that's all I have. Thank you guys so much. Appreciate it. Thank you, team. Um, thank you guys so much for sharing your hearts today. That was the whole purpose, is to hear your hearts, because uh, we want everyone in this room and anyone watching online to know that it doesn't matter how busy you are, it doesn't matter if you've never been before, come be a part. And, and like Michael said and, and uh, Stacy said, just come and try it out. Just come and try it out. We believe that that is one of the best ways that we can grow in our relationship with God and in our relationship with each other. Because we believe that by growing individually and collectively, um, our walk with Christ, uh, in our walk with Christ, we believe that we can connect 31,500 people, some of those folks, into the same thing. I want to invite the, the worship team to come up.
this is, our, this is my challenge for you guys today. This is my challenge. We love differently at this church, and we grow at this church. And so my challenge to you today is to take this message out into the community. If you call this place your home, take this message out into the community. Love radically. Love differently than the world loves. Do things. Go above and beyond what you think is, that you're capable of. Go above and beyond when someone asks for prayer and you can actually do something about helping them, help them. That's being and loving people differently. As Michael mentioned earlier, um, fill out that paper that's in your seat if you want to uh, try out groups. It's happening on the 18th, starting at, at 6 o'clock p.m. here at the church. It's going to be a great time. We're going to feed you. Then we're going to break apart into men's groups and women's groups. It's just going to be a lot of fun. And so I'm encouraging you guys to, to, to sign up to be a part of that. If you don't have one of those papers in your seat, you can text the word GROW to 606-268-4886. And that's my challenge. That's my challenge today is just simply take a step, be a part of this group. If you come one week and you're like, I don't know, it's just not for me. It's okay. It's okay. It's totally okay. I'm encouraging just try it be a part. Would you stand and let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for this day. Thank you so much for this opportunity. God, thank you for your love. <laughs> thank you for just putting the passion to love people differently in our hearts. Thank you for putting the passion to grow in our hearts. I'm excited to talk about our other values next week. Excited to continue talking about the ways that God is changing this group of people to reach the 90% in this county that don't know you. Help us, God. Help us live out what you've called us to do. For anyone in this room today or anyone watching online that doesn't know you as their Savior, I pray that today, God, you speak directly to their hearts and call them into a personal relationship with you, Father. And God, anyone that's wanting to take a step and just don't know if they're ready, God, I pray that you encourage them in their spirits right now, God. Doesn't matter if they're a Christian or not, just encourage them, God, to take a step toward you. Join a group. I love you. Thank you so much for Jesus, your son, and my Savior. In his name we pray. Amen. The folks behind me are going to lead us in a song. Let's sing together, let's worship together, uh, and let's continue to take steps and follow Jesus.